Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Xbox present Echoes of Valhalla, Life of Vikings, the podcast. Can you hear the sea whisper? She was there at the start, at the beginning of times, and will remain unchanged till the end of days. How peaceful she seems, quietly ebbing and flowing. And yet... She's going to capsize! None of you stay the course! We can't! The storm is too strong! Stay the course, I said, and grab hold of something! Now's no time to give in to fear! Look out! Our army had set sail for the great island to the west. Under the command of Chief Ivar Ragnarsson and his brothers, our warriors had set off to conquer the land of the Angles and the Saxons. Such an adventure was worthy of our ancient sagas. Crossing the North Sea was the first of many dangers to overcome. And from atop this cliff, I will tell you how things transpired. And from here, the view is magnificent. The sea unravels as far as the eye can see, its endless blue surface shimmering like a sheet of silver scales. La Old Norse, the ancient language of Scandinavia. Lucy Malbas, lecturer in medieval history at the University of Poitiers, has influenced in particular the vocabularies of French and English, particularly words relating to the sea, and boats, terms such as keel, stern and sail, as well as more common words, such as creek and hole, spelt H-O-L-R in Norse, meaning hollow, which is hole in English. In the months leading up to the journey, every shipyard in the region was in a frenzy. Shipwrights, rope makers, blacksmiths, Hundreds of workers toiled relentlessly to build a fleet that would carry the warriors to England. Building each one of those ships required no fewer than 20 oak or pine trees. The master shipwright was infused with ancestral know-how, perfected from one generation to the next, to give life to faster and nimbler vessels capable of surviving the high seas. With their noble curves, extreme proportions and magnificent animals erect on the prow, the boats looked like genuine sea dragons. Good day, Olaf, sir. Ugh. Well, what do you think, sir? No, no, no. We need to start again. Really? Well, that'll take days. It'll take as long as it needs to. We need a longer hull and a rounder stern. Sir, that simply isn't possible. Do you want the deaths of our warriors on your hands? Oh, no, 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 master. Then get to work and hop to it. The Drakkar ships, such as we know it, 
never actually existed. It's purely a legend from the late 19th century that came from a mistaken transcription of a word that does not exist in Old Norse, Dreki, or the plural, Drakar. Originally, however, this term didn't refer to the ship itself, but the figurehead on the bow of the ship, carved to look like a dragon. After months of gruelling toil in the shipyards, the fleet was finally ready. The great army had gathered by the coast. Once supplies had been properly inventoried, they were loaded onto the boats. Loading supplies and people on board was difficult because the ships were very narrow. Thierry Noel, content and inspiration consultant at Ubisoft. Trunks for supplies also served as benches for rowers. Thus, they could be moved around as needed, but there wasn't much room. They also created more space by placing the shields on the sides of the boat, which helped block ocean spray. And of course, there's another issue that we don't think of, which is all the ropes crisscrossing the ship. Another considerable inconvenience for the boatmen. On the final night before embarking, a strange atmosphere came over the camp. It was the night of the summer solstice. The warriors said their goodbyes to their loved ones. They would be leaving the land of their ancestors. Some feasted and drank for courage. Others prayed to the gods for safe passage. Yet the Volva had been reassuring. Many spirits had come to her to reveal what would happen on their journey. Listen! Listen to me. I bring you good news. I feel that Nord will be merciful. Rest assured he will calm the waves and fill your sails until you land safely. Warriors, rejoice. The time will soon come for you to slay your enemies once again. Patience. You will be given many an opportunity to fight. Patience. That night, one warrior in particular was restless and sleepless. He came to the very cliff I stand upon to stare at the stars and meditate his plan. It was Chief Ivar Ragnarsson, nicknamed Ivar the Boneless. This conquest had become a personal matter to him, a matter of revenge. His father, the legendary Ragnar Lodbrok, had set foot in England before him to his great misfortune. King Eyal had captured him and put him to death in a very cruel manner. Legend has it he was thrown naked into a pit full of snakes. I have sworn to avenge you, father, and this time I will not fail. Aiel will die by my hand. And even if Odin decides to call me to his table and this fight proves to be my last, I will not take leave of this earth until I have avenged you. The blood of that cursed king will drip from my blade. This time, he would set sail on his journey backed by a swarm of determined Vikings. The greatest Viking army ever raised to cross the North Sea. Ragnar would have been captured in Northumbria by King Eyal and put to death in a most heinous way, though it's purely legendary, of course. We can't say with certainty what motivated the Vikings to attack England at that time. What's likely, however, is that the attacks were coordinated. Even though Vikings operated in small groups, we know from the historical record of an Irish king that some Vikings attacked from Ireland after waging war against him. That's typical Viking opportunism. All other battlefronts were drawn back in order to focus efforts on England, where they perhaps felt they had an easier target. The big day is finally upon us. 
Ravens are circling in the skies. It is a good omen. The sun has not yet risen, and men are hurrying along to board the ships as quickly as possible. Go on, get on with it. Push harder. Load the provisions. Get on board. Prepare to cast off. Don't lose courage, and remember the words of the Volva. Yord is with us. Are you listening, men? Faster! Don't let the gods down! And they are off, finally. Spurred by their emotions after such a long wait, the men row with fantastic energy, their faces whipped by the sea spray. The proud sea dragons crash through the waves as if they were flying. They heave at the oars and very quickly touch the horizon. The warriors cast one last glance at the shore while it is still in sight. Will they ever set eyes again on the land of their forefathers? Will death mow them down in a faraway land? Over time, the Vikings learned the strengths and weaknesses of Western Europe and became more and more emboldened. We think of Vikings as these towering warriors, but in fact, they weren't necessarily stronger than anyone else. They did, though, have methods at their disposal for complete disruption, organizing fatal charges against the enemy, circumventing their defenses on all sides, etc. And this is something that we'll show you in the game. The Viking cherished the sea as a means to escape towards unknown lands, new horizons. Lost in thought, eh? Oh, I uh, was just wondering if there were lands beyond the Isle of England. Possibly, but you'll have to wait for our next voyage to go exploring. Then I hope the gods are listening, as I plan to go to the ends of the Earth. Well, for now, let's stay focused on our current destination. All right, all right, I know what I'm doing. Our ships have drawn countless wakes that the seas have erased. The Vikings have learned to tame the immense blue expanse better than anyone else. If you take Norway, for example... François Emion, lecturer in Northern Studies at the Paris-Sorbonne University. There are fjords that cut into the land for dozens of kilometers, bordered by cliffs dozens and even hundreds of meters high. In order to get from one place to another, you had to travel by boat. They traded with the Sami people for furs and products derived from the walrus to then take ivory and rope made from seal or walrus skin to markets all over Europe. There was much to be made from this trade, and the trade routes navigated along the coast of Norway would eventually give the country its name, from Norveja, meaning the way to the north. It has been a week since the ship set off for the great island, but it is essential to stay the course. This crossing was a far cry from our usual coastal navigation, but our seamen are never at a loss when it comes to being resourceful. They use whatever they have at their disposal to guide themselves. The movement of the water, the direction the wind blows, all these subtle signs. At night, they watch the North Star, and in daytime, the sun, provided they can see it. When the clouds cover the skies, we have the Sunstone, a magical instrument devised by the Viking. Do you think we're lost? No, look. The sun is hiding right there. Are you sure? I don't see anything. Yeah, you can see it with this stone. We need to tack to starboard. Come on. Oh, sail while the wind's rising. Tack starboard. We think the sunstone was a type of quartz that polarized light so that even in cloudy conditions, you could find the sun's position. But this fact is still being debated. 
It seems that when the Vikings discovered Iceland, they had ravens on board, and they set them free to see if they were near land. The days at sea can be gruelling. The constant sway day and night can drive you mad. Life on board, the cold, rain, and promiscuity between boatsmen require an iron-strong discipline. Everyone has a role and should never step out of place. Motenoit, what supplies do we have left? Unfortunately, just a few dried fish, some salted meat, and, um, old bread. Ah. Well, make sure the crew can hold on for another while. But also, be careful not to ration us too much, as it could weaken us. I don't want our warriors to be weak when we get to shore. I'll do my best, but I just hope Volva was right, because we won't last much longer like this. Despite the precautions, supplies start to run out. For the sailor in charge of supplies, keeping hungry men in shape is a real feat. But shortages are nothing. The worst is yet to come. The wind's picking up! Oh! It looks like Njord's wrath is brewing! Alright! Well, they're getting bigger and bigger! Quick! Bring down the mast! The waves are too high! We're going to capsize! The sea would serve as their tomb. Only one boat had sunk. The rest of the fleet had been spared. Njord's wrath finally died down. The storm gave way to normal seas. They now needed to get back on course and row endlessly. How many days had gone by? How many weeks? Eventually, in such circumstances, all notions of time and space are lost. But one morning... Suddenly, England appears. These are the shores of East Anglia, but the men are not yet aware of that. They believe they have landed in Northumbria. Soon, the locals will see the sea dragons emerge from the mist. And they know exactly what those menacing creatures mean, as it is not their first encounter with a Viking. Viking ships such as the, the one at Gogstad in Norway. Ryan Lavelle, Professor of History of the Dark Ages at the University of Winchester. Were ideally suited for amphibious raiding. They could come right up to the coast, come right onto the beach. The keels of these ships at the bottom of the hull were very strongly built and could stand a great deal of punishment. On the island, the mere mention of the Vikings sent shivers down their spines. Nobody had forgotten the Lindisfarne raid, nor the expedition of King Ragnar, Ivar's father. But that was nothing compared to what the great army would unleash. Ivar would display the full measure of his power. His vengeance promised to be vicious. Having tamed the seas, the Viking were about to make the earth tremble. <laughs> 